I will begin with words spoken every week in my home congregation in Toronto. They might sound familiar to you. And I invite you to take a soft breath, feel your feet on the floor, inhabit the space, make room to gently take in these words. And perhaps part of them will resonate with you, and perhaps part of them won't, but here they are. Love is our doctrine. The quest for truth is our sacrament. And service is our prayer. To dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge and freedom, to serve life to the end that all souls shall grow into harmony with the divine. Thus do we covenant with each other and with all. Those words are adapted from words by the early 20th century Universalist minister, L. Griswold Williams. And they have been adapted dozens of times by congregations to make this belief statement feel more alive and meaningful to them. So maybe you, you as you heard it, considered that how you might want to adapt it for yourself. Griswold's statement is one of many statements of shared belief by Unitarians and Universalists. We have a long history of people trying to put our shared beliefs into words, including our belief that ultimately you decide what you believe. Sometimes these belief statements are called things commonly believed among us. William Gannett did a version in the early 1900s. David Rankin did a version in perhaps the 1980s. These statements of things commonly believed among us are attempts to observe what we believe, not attempts to impose a belief. Sometimes a belief statement has no institutional power, but is widely repeated nonetheless. And sometimes a belief statement is adopted by an institution, such as the original American Unitarian Association or the Universalist General Convention, or later the Unitarian Universalist Association. And even when a belief statement is officially adopted, it is not universally believed. I'll briefly describe how three Unitarian ministers positioned themselves in the decades after the formation of the American Unitarian Association in the 1800s. Reverend Henry Whitney Bellows loved the association. He was an institutionalist and wanted a denomination with a robust identity. Uh, on the other hand, there was one Reverend Ellis who wanted his congregation to grow in its own way while retaining membership in the association. And then Reverend Octavius Frothingham supported independent congregations as the first president of the Free Religious Association. So those are three options that are part of our tradition. Be at the heart of a larger body, be in a larger body, but off to the side, or be independent. 
If we see congregations choosing among these three options today, it is not something new. It is part of our heritage. And our pathway into the future could pass through any or all of them. As an association, every 15 years, we consider revising our principles. At least we try to stick to that schedule. In this time, the UUA Board of Trustees charged a commission to propose significant changes, and the commission is doing so. The current draft replaces the seven principles with seven values. I attended a feedback session this week, as did several others who are here today in person or online. Some people provided the feedback that the seven principles are important to us. Some people provided the feedback that the new draft proposal feels like home. Some people said both. Based on what I heard at the feedback sessions, I believe that the proposal will only pass if it is revised to include more principles. And the commission has already made a change based on feedback. They have already put back language in about the democratic process. When the draft proposal was announced, I invited you to come together in a heart-to-heart -heart conversation about the feelings that came up for you. We held each other's feelings. Um, for those of us who care so much about our principles, there was some anxiety. So if your feelings are a salad dressing, perhaps the ratio of the salad dressing was equal parts anxiety and defensiveness. And that's understandable. And that anxiety might be heightened because there's so much going on right now, COVID, the election, inflation, the housing crisis, et cetera, on top of our process of interim ministry. So it is understandable if it all feels like too much and your inner salad dressing is equal parts anxiety and defensiveness. Our seven principles contain so much to honor and cherish. So what an achievement they are. So let's take them in. The inherent worth and dignity of every person. Justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. So much there. Acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. A free and responsible search for truth and meaning. The right of conscience and the use of the democratic process within our congregation and society at large. The goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. Respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. These principles are contrary to much of human history and human instinct. As humans, we too often prioritize judgment and the principles call us to compassion. Too often we prioritize staying with what we know or think we know, and the principles call us to continue growing. Too often we prioritize our in-group, and the principles call us to recognize everyone's inherent worth and dignity. The principles are an antidote to ego, delusion, tribalism, 
and the drive to dominate. And what an achievement it is that you consistently say that in sermons you want to be challenged, not flattered, not agreed with, challenged. The human brain is partly designed to see patterns and lock into patterns. It is so easy to see what we expect to see, but you are committed to seeing things fresh and seeing a broader view. So even with our admiration of our principles, our principles call us to consider that they are not the final answer. Our principles say, let's continue the search. If I was going to revise the principles, one thing I would consider is that the principles were written within a very particular culture. The principles were created in white Anglo-Saxon Protestant culture. Wasp culture. Not everyone in our history was a wasp, but wasp culture predominated. We have hoped to become more diverse and some progress has been made, but perhaps our history embeds a particular culture into who we are. How might our principles as written be particularly waspy? I actually don't know. It might not be possible to see from the inside. Freedom, reason, and tolerance are not uniquely Western values. Things like truth, logic, experimentation, democracy, conscience, compassion show up all around the world. But how we formulate them might be particular. A rewrite of our belief statement could help us to transcend our origins. So I would love to have a conversation with you about the benefits of, of growing while staying connected the benefits of growing while staying connected to our roots compared to the benefits of scattering seeds in, that grow in new soil. Unitarian minister James Luther Adams said, perhaps in the 1950s, that a core principle of liberal religion is mutuality. Mutuality means that the feeling is mutual. Mutuality means that we both feel at home in the relationship. So if I'm hosting you, I say, make yourself at home, and I mean it, and we create a new home together. Using fresh language can help some people to feel at home. So here is the new draft language to replace the seven principles. It has seven values. Love is at the center and around love are the other values. Each value has a brief description. And here's a shortened version of what it says for our shared values. Justice, meaning we work to be diverse, multicultural, beloved communities where all people thrive. Equity, we declare that every person has the right to flourish with dignity and worthiness. Interdependence, we honor the sacred interdependent web of all existence. Pluralism, we celebrate that we are all sacred beings diverse in culture, theology, and experience. Generosity, 
we cultivate a spirit of gratitude and hope. Evolution, and they might change that word. Uh, but in this case, evolution, meaning that we are, we are a living tradition in a changing world. So it's love, justice, equity, interdependence, pluralism, generosity, and evolution. So you'll probably need some time to digest that. And I've, I will again post a link to the full draft on groups.io. So I wonder what it feels like for you to hear the draft proposal. I've heard from some of you that it feels like home. And I've heard from some of you that some of our principles are missing and that even the concept of principles is missing. I'd like to celebrate what's in the draft and then explore what might be missing. So mutuality is in there. For the value of interdependence, the full description includes the word mutuality. And the value of pluralism, which means multiple cultures and beliefs, implies that we don't want to be shoehorned into one culture. This draft proposal says to everyone who has ever felt like they didn't belong, you belong. I celebrate that. Regardless of whether this draft proposal is voted in, this church will continue to grapple with the challenge of mutuality and belonging. When young families come to visit, they expect to find a church that is multiculturally competent. Not just welcoming them into the church culture, but adapting to them so that their culture belongs here. I have more to learn about multicultural competency and I hope that you decide that you do too. So that's something I celebrate in this draft. Something I'm still in discernment about is how does the draft balance the inherent worth of the individual and the inherent worth of the group? In the seven principles, the first principle honors the individual and the seventh principle honors our interdependence. And some, some people say that the first and seventh principles imply the rest of the principles. How we balance the individual with the group is one of the central challenges of liberalism. And I'm not sure yet how the draft finds the balance. I'm still taking it in. The draft says that each one of us is a sacred being and every person has the right to flourish. So I see our first principle reflected in that language. And language valuing the group is in the draft, language such as beloved community and collective transformation. Now, to be honest, my spotty sense gets tingly when I see the word collective. Um, I've been part of collectives. Collectives can be beautiful in a messy way. Um, they are also a place where the left can eat its own. So collectives are amazing venues for practicing conflict, transformation, and belonging, and co-creation, and seeing with fresh eyes. And I will continue to participate in collectives. But collectives can also be places where old truths are learned the hard way. 
A Unitarian Universalist named Chris Crass wrote a book called Towards Collective Liberation. Chris was active in Food Not Bombs for many years. And he shares lessons learned from doing the work of liberation. Some of the lessons of liberation are valuable additions to our liberal tradition, such as what I said above about belonging. And he said, um, since they were very conscious of how their conversations went, uh, a lot of the women gave feedback to a lot of the men. Um, have you noticed that you're dominating the conversation? We'd like to belong here. Um, but one of the lessons from practicing liberation is that liberalism had some things figured out that, collective, that the collective had to learn the hard way. Um, things like checks and balances. Um, so he tells in the group, the evolution of food not bombs from being very, very much the people who show up are the right people to make the decision to learning to have a bit more predictability in case you missed a meeting. I've heard some Unitarian Universalists say that we need to replace liberalism with collective liberation. And I've heard other Unitarian Universalists say that we need to combine the best of liberalism with the best of collective liberation. My personal view is I support a community of communities in which some communities are fully exploring collective liberation some communities are exploring how liberalism can adapt to the insights of collective liberal liberation. And some communities are exploring other paths that deepen and enhance our living tradition of liberal religion. There is more to say that I won't get to today. For example, the word accountable is in the draft proposal. It says that we hold each other accountable for doing the work of liberation. So I expect that the word accountable will come up in our heart-to-heart -heart conversations this week. And I encourage you to please sign up. Um, today is full, but Tuesdays and Thursdays still have room. The sign-up will be in the newsletter tomorrow and, and I'll put it out on Groups.io as well. And I plan to do a whole sermon on accountability. So today is part of an ongoing conversation. We will make space for what needs to be said. If there's something that you feel we as a group need to hear, there will be space for that. The question of replacing the UU principles is a lot to deal with on top of our normal interim process. But this conversation is also an opportunity to do our interim work. Part of our interim work is to practice compassionate communication. The word compassion is right there in our second principle, but what a challenging word it is how hard it can be to find compassion when your internal salad dressing is made up of one part anxiety and one part defensiveness. Marshall Rosenberg, who created nonviolent communication, often encounters people who do not have room for compassion. Marshall doesn't insist that you feel compassion for others, rather he tests the waters to see if you need compassion yourself before you are ready to offer compassion. And he finds that something magical happens. Once you get enough compassion, there is room to give compassion and you want to give compassion. So in our heart to heart, an intention is that you get compassion for your feelings and your underlying needs with the hope that you will then have room for compassion for others. 
So there is a proposal to replace the seven principles. This is an opportunity to speak up for what matters most, and it's an opportunity to learn and grow. And my wish for you is that there is room for both. <laughs>